And then he started going to church with my mom. And then we all started going to church. The home um, church, or did you find a new the home church? church. Okay, I remember we go. I remember we'd go. We were going to the home church for a little while because they would put all of us kids in the garage with a babysitter, and no uh, way. we'd hang out. We'd hang out in the garage while they had service in the living room. So I have those memories of the garage. Um, <laughs> that was church. Like, we started going to church. Well, they started going to church. I was tucked <laughs> right. into a garage. Into a garage. At, at least they turned the cars off sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that was the later stages of the cult you had to work your way up to that point then we were all in the garage with the cars on and i was like why what are we doing Welcome to Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. And I'm Jesse. Yes. In lieu of Sam, Jesse is sitting in today. And this is my Jesse, to be clear, not Sam's Jesse, <laughs> who I'm also fond of. But uh, we are at the Brown... The, the Brown Palace. The Brown Palace in downtown Denver. We uh, met up here for the weekend with our significant others, and we're just hanging out. Yeah, hanging out. Messing around. We did. Uh, we went and saw Taylor Tomlinson do stand up on uh, on Friday night Saturday. or Saturday night, which was great. Oh, she's so funny, super fun. Uh, her opener was this guy named I can't remember something Nickerson, but uh, he was hilarious. So yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, solid. If she's coming your way, you should definitely go. And then right now we're kind of like biding our time and we're going to see Sleep Token later. So pretty pumped about that. But uh, yeah, Denver's nuts. It's so busy. There's so many people here. Yeah, there's been all kinds of events going on for like, as far as like sports, but then there was also Great American Beer Festival this weekend. It's crazy. Yeah, because we, and we don't blend in because my truck doesn't have enough like polygonal mountain and outdoor bumper <laughs> stickers on it. And you could have at least twice as much equipment to, to be here. <laughs> I think seriously, if you want to live here, you have to completely like block your rear view, like your rear window <laughs> with like stickers from REI. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we had the greatest idea for an invention the other night because so we're we're downtown we're going to like all these restaurants and then venues and stuff today we went to meow wolf which is like a big interactive like walkthrough art exhibit so that was super cool but uh you know of course all these venues and stuff when you walk through they have like a sign out front that says like no guns no knives no fireworks no vapes yeah None of that. Everything fun, basically. Yeah, you can't I mean, have. You can't take your fireworks. Come on. <laughs> this isn't an airplane. <laughs> if I'm walking into whatever it is, I should be able to tote a gun. I think <laughs> that's my right as an American. But no, it got us thinking though, because I mean, when you're walking around late at night, we're with you know my wife and Jesse's fiance, and 
you know, you can't carry anything to defend yourself, which, you know, so we're trying to think of ways for uh, ladies to protect themselves or some measures to put in place for, you know, protection. So we had this great idea, which is basically like, if you remember like a bump it, remember bump it, they sold them on infomercials. (laughs) It was like fake hair or something you shoved up under your hair and it gave you like the uh, 2010 club lump because <laughs> you want that like female pompadour yeah that's what yeah. you're going for so think bump it but it's a ponytail right and it's it's kind of a uh it's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency thing where like if if you're approached by let's say you're in a parking garage it's dark um and you hear footsteps behind you and maybe it's like a strange fella Maybe he looks just like Jesse. Probably he looks just like Jesse. But, uh, you know, you're nervous and stuff, but this guy goes to grab you. And the closest thing, you know, they go for the, it's like lightning. They go for the closest thing to them, which in this case would be your ponytail. But it's not a ponytail. It's a phony tail. It detaches. So you can take off running, and this guy is left holding this ponytail we thought it would be cool if like maybe it's a uh, it's kind of like one of those little ferret balls that they used to sell in the that weird glass surround table in front of toy stores <laughs> kb toys kb toys that's what shout out to that dead animal <laughs> <laughs> but it like you know he when he pulls it loose it's not just limp in his hand like it wiggles like a lizard's tail and while you're making your escape as uh, to distract the assailant <laughs> you're on your way to the security booth or out the door and you turn around and this guy's just, he's humping this like flip flopping ponytail on the parking garage ground. Hairy clip on tie you had in your hair. (laughs) (laughs) The ponytail. Yeah. It's a great idea. Coming to a shark tank near you. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, clip on ties were... Remember, that was like the mark of shame at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Like once you were an adult and we went to convention, an adult. Once you were, uh, <laughs> yes, once an you were adult an adult. In the Lord's eyes. Definitely once you were an adult, if you wore a clip on tie. <laughs> uh, but once you were like old enough that you should know how to tie your tie to Christian school, so like oh, 14, 15, if you had a clip on, you were ridiculed. Yeah. <laughs> it was really shameful and somebody would inevitably like pull it right off like a ponytail. Yep. So we had a dress code at our school and on Wednesdays we had chapel, which meant that one of the uh, unemployed Christian leaders in the area would come and like tell us a, uh, you know, give us a sports analogy about not quitting for God or something. Or it would be a pastor who had already preached the same sermon to you three other times. (laughs) (laughs) But you had to wear ties on Wednesday because it was chapel day. And everybody hated it. Nobody, nobody wants to wear a tie, especially to school. Yeah, like you're going on break and playing kickball or something. Like, yeah, I'm not going to a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) We have one friend, Tim, who was like, he was like the uh, the school troll slash clown. (laughs) And he would like (laughs) his like his game was like he would he every week he would tie his tie like 
just a little bit shorter. <laughs> so pretty soon, pretty soon, it's just like the like the tuft at the end, just sticking straight out. And then the principal would yell at him, and he'd be like, "I got a tie on. I don't know what you're talking about. I got a tie on." And then eventually, she made him retie it, but. Yeah, it was, I feel like he should have started going the other direction and then just tying it like super long, like down to his knee. <laughs> you had to do the old guy it. thing yeah, and tuck it into yeah, your pants. You actually pee on it at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit like the end of my belt like once a week. Uh, all over your pants. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the worst. There's nothing worse than that. Like when you're like, if your belt's too long, you have to like tuck it underneath to keep it out of the way yeah and then like maybe you're looking at your phone or something and the belt like pops up <laughs> and it's like it's like putting your thumb over the end of the fire hose all over <laughs> the front of your pants you know there's one solution to that and that's when you wash your hands you dry them off on your pants so no one can tell that it's actually <laughs> yeah if you're if your whole trouser is wet yeah like if you if you do it bad <laughs> enough you just have to like take your pants off and put them in the sink Right, yeah. And then it's at least it's uniform. Yeah, all the pants are the same color. All the way down. <laughs> Don't land the wet spot. And I'm leaving behind me. <laughs> so funny. Dude, uh dress code sucked, man. Well, we tried every like we'd push the envelope in every way possible we could. Like, what color denim can we wear for our pants so we can wear jeans? Or like can we wear cargo pants, like or the zip-off pants? We can wear them slightly attached, but mostly unzipped, so our knees were exposed. Yeah, that was a move on break. <laughs> You're out there playing. What's the game with the? Uh, it's like pig, but with soccer. Uh, well, I think we call it like World Cup. Yeah, World that, Cup. Where it was like one person wasn't going, everybody was just trying to touch the ball last before it went in. And so you'd have to like three quarters unzip your uh, yeah. zip-off pants. <laughs> Got to stay cool. Yeah. The zip-off pants were great until, like, you fell. <laughs> and it's just, like, bloody kneecaps. <laughs> Tear them apart. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the the other things, we always had to have our shirt tucked in. And the yeah. principal police that, like, a hawk. She would get really upset if you didn't have your shirt tucked in. But there again, like, we made her tell us constantly right yeah <laughs> well if you're not gonna tell me i'm not gonna do it <laughs> it's like most rules right did you have any uh what was the day so our school we had these little cubicles and everybody had their own little cubicle desk that they worked at and so like we decorate them and stuff what did, did you have decorations in yours yeah i remember at one point i had a pencil with a little basketball hoop on it and a Spider-Man action figure hanging from it. And I had that for like a year. <laughs> it was like the uh, dice around the mirror yeah, sort of and thing. It was like all kinds of, my dad worked for Pepsi. So it's just like all types of like Pepsi things. Yeah. You had so much Pepsi. Yeah. Gear. There was a lot of that stuff. Well, Mervin sold Pepsi gear too, they right? Did, yeah. Cause we got Mountain Dew shirts from there. Yeah. We would that. go to Mervin's and clear out those, uh, those like big round clearance racks. <laughs> That was the best store. I miss it. I would still go. I would definitely go. Yeah. You know, the, what was the brand? Side Out that we always used to get. Side Out. Yeah, dude. Yep. And if orange, anything orange was cool. So, Bright like, colors. 
you had to get like a bright orange shirt or something like that. Because <laughs> a fat kid with a buzz cut needs a bright color. <laughs> you got to draw attention to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I had like one shirt that was bright orange on the bottom. And then it was, it had like a band across the chest and it was blue up top and then bright orange below it. And that was like, for some reason in my head, that was like, this is the only cool shirt I have. So I wore it every Wednesday to youth group for quite some time. <laughs> was it a t-shirt or was it a button down? It was a t-shirt. Okay. It was kind of like one of those heavy uh, yeah, I t-shirts. I remember this shirt. Yeah. My, well, my mom would, <laughs> dude, my mom was a clearance rack aficionado. Oh, so was I and my mom. She would go like, if something went on sale, like my mom would buy me every color or like shoes would go on sale and she would buy me like one of each pair, like size of shoe. <laughs> the same shoes for like four years. I did and they were Velcro. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it would have been better to go to school with like a reverse mohawk or yeah, something than to wear Velcro, Velcro shoes. shoes. <laughs> like sixth grade, if you're wearing Velcro shoes, like you were a social pariah. Yeah. And I, I had to wear i wore the same style of velcro shoes for like two years because my mom bought them and we can't waste them they were two dollars you always had cool clothes though that's because i picked them out but you had to be a clearance aficionado (laughs) i was allowed to buy anything unless it was on sale yeah your mom was she was definitely a professional shopper yep Oh, yeah, no, I learned from the best. <laughs> I spent hours at the mall as a child. When you're a kid. <laughs> My mom's escape during the week was, like, going to Target. So we went to Target. Like, yeah, in the summertime, did. we'd that go to Target, like, five days yeah. a week. <laughs> Remember, that was her spot. Yeah. That was, we had, like, we had this thing at school called, so... At ACE school, they have these things called merit bucks, which are like money that they hand out for when you do something good. Like you get an A, you got like 20 merit bucks or something like that. Yeah. And I had a bunch, I remember at one point, but we had like a merit store, which was like, it was like a 7-Eleven full of dollar store (laughs) junk that was donated (laughs) to the school. And my mom like stocked, she like single-handedly stocked the merit store with like from target for a long time she buy it from like the dollar spot yeah or like that the end the oh, end yeah, racks yeah where they always had the stuff on sale oh yeah she put in a bunch there. of fishing stuff one time and i like did you buy it all? <laughs> i went and bought it all back <laughs> oh that's great and then if you if you saved up enough merit bucks you could buy a day off of school which is oh, kind of nuts that. how much was it do you remember it was a lot. It was like was, five thousand or something. Yeah, it was a bunch. I think I did it once. I don't know if I ever did. And then, oh, and they have different levels of privilege, which is like, oh yeah, that are was you a wildest. second, third, second or third class citizen, or just like <laughs> scum class? Scum class didn't get to go out for lunches early and go yeah. on morning break and all that, but like if you were a privilege. Then you got to like do other things like uh, you didn't have to work at your desk. What one was E? Oh, E. E E was was a good one. A was like, you're all right. And then it was like below that, you were just like the (laughs) outcast. 
I always figured out the later years because it was always because I had old goals. Yeah, old goals would get you there. But yeah, if you had to do homework, if you were on e privilege, you didn't have to work at your desk. So like, you could there was nowhere else to work. So work under your desk. (laughs) (laughs) We'd do that. We would like be like, I'm gonna do my schoolwork under the table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you also got to listen to uh, tape play. They had these those giant tape players that you know were in like interrogation rooms the big headphones with the curly cord yep and it has like a guitar jack that yeah, plugs that's it in super old yeah <laughs> that's what the cia was using to listen to uh colombian drug runners <laughs> and you could listen to a tape from the school like tape library which is like one shelf of goofy tapes and they let you bring christian music from yeah home. well and eventually once the technology had advanced you could bring your own walkman or your own cd player or whatever yeah that's right i definitely like i sat him I, I remember like laying under the scoring table with approved music yeah <laughs> i was listening to carmen while i did my schoolwork on the ground in front of the rest of the school what a moron <laughs> And the best was when, like, a group of us would be on E, and we would all sit in, like, a circle on the floor <laughs> to do our schoolwork. <laughs> so stupid. Now, if all this sounds counterproductive to a learning environment, it's because it is. Yeah, well, so was the learning environment in, as a whole. Yeah, right. The most counterproductive thing about it was the school curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> or scoring yourself, which was the dumbest thing. Did you ever cheat? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I ever did my work right. <laughs> Like, I, I don't multiple times of getting caught having never actually even checked anything. <laughs> oh, so you just wouldn't even check it. I would just go up there and pretend like I didn't mark the boxes and be like, I'm done. <laughs> I would go up and memorize the answers and then go back to my desk and just fill in a whole like page. Two or three pages in a row. just <laughs> So I didn't have to do like read three paragraphs or yeah. whatever it was. What a joke. It was so bad. Or was like if you caught if you got caught with a green pen or a red pen, it was like you you know you were in trouble. Oh yeah, the teachers had green pens. Scoring was a red. It was serious. That was a serious infraction that could get you in trouble. I did get caught cheating one time though on scoring, and I had to like redo like two whole, two yeah, paces. Yep, they always make you redo the entire thing, like right at the end when they figure it out. <laughs> it's so much trouble for that. <laughs> Yeah, that was not a fun one to explain at home. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, good times. Oh, yeah. yep. I think the last thing I got in trouble for was forging somebody's signature for scripture verses. <laughs> <laughs> Were you supposed to memorize them? Yeah, or what? I mean, we had like every, whatever, we had like a chapter and we had to say so many verses. And then I was like an entire thing behind. I was like, I don't want to do that. I'll do a couple of them and then I'll just write a copy or signature on it. But I did so many of them that it was like a red flag. <laughs> One of the teachers was like, do you remember him doing all these? Because <laughs> I was a genius. Oh, so far. Which teacher was it that got you? It was Chad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was our cool teacher. He was the cool teacher. Before that, we had Mrs. Chafee, and she sucked. I don't think she would have caught it, unless it was her signal. She was just a cranky old cankle. 
<laughs> she was really mean to me. She hated me for she some was reason. Mean to a lot of people. Dude, just like the best. We, <laughs> we had to have school at the church for like a year while they remodeled the school. That was the worst. Yeah, it sucked. It's really not built for it. We're all in the basement of the church, like doing schoolwork and stuff. And like Mrs. Chafee, if she had to walk up or down the stairs, would just be fury trouble. <laughs> yeah, she was just angry that she had to breathe heavy, you know. It was the worst, but it, it did give us the best opportunity to like blow off schoolwork because there was so many different places you could go in the church. Yeah, people get in trouble. I think some people got in trouble for like sneaking away and kissing that oh, year. Probably that was the most scandalous thing at our school. Oh, is yeah. If like somebody kissed someone and got caught, oh my god! <laughs> I was used to hear about people kissing in the ballroom at the uh, at the school. Alan and that one girl. Alan. Oh, uh, I can't remember what her name was. She was only there at the end for like a year or something, but. So we had this kid named Alan. <laughs> and Alan was he was he was nice. He was an he was an all right kid, but yeah. he was really into being like the country guy. His parents did like they had like a small farm and they did, you know, some farm work and stuff, but he was very into it. Like that became Alan's thing. And he had this old like if you don't know what they look like, there is he was a Jeff Foxworthy punchline. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of putting it. If if you don't if you don't know what a like a late eighties Dodge W one hundred looks like, <laughs> like look it up. It's like a just a rickety looking old pickup truck, and Alan had one that was rusted. It was a piece of crap. It had originally been spray painted gray, I believe. Yeah, yeah. had the rattle can flat, <clears throat> and. Like I said, Alan was really into all this, like, I'm a country guy stuff. So he bought red and or green and yellow spray paint and tried to make his truck like it was like a John Deere tribute art piece. <laughs> <laughs> he like he spray painted half of it green and then there was like yellow on the like bright. And these are like primary, like green and yellow, just horrific to the eye like the the wheels he painted them like bright yellow they look like pinwheels he did like one green one yellow on either side oh that's even worse yeah i forgot about that <laughs> and then he spray painted jd for john deere like he, he had a jd on the mirrors he had jd like on the hood was it on the yeah, hood it was, i think it was on the tailgate too he just showed up to school one day like that and we're all like what is that? Hey, he did some work over the weekend. <laughs> and then he'd refer to it as old JD. It was, uh, that was, <laughs> it was a bad yeah. looking truck. And that's the one he also rigged the exhaust into a stack. Oh, yeah. Well, that's back. a must. Yeah. <laughs> you like gotta, every redneck has to have that. You got to make your, your, your exhaust system into a rain gauge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had a cap on it either. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen to that thing? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. We we our school was interesting. But you know what's crazier is the public school where we grew up. They let their students drive their tractors to school. Like certain days really? of the year. Yeah, I heard about it. 
And it was like it was like a huge thing. Like they loved it. Oh, I bet. It was, it was a four H community too, though. I think there too. Like we were surrounded. Like we were in the middle of like cornfields everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and the state fairgrounds were in that little town. Yep. Or and not state fairgrounds, but like county fairgrounds. Fowlerville. Was it a state fair? It was a, it was just the Fowlerville Fair, but that's the that's the only way everybody knew the city. It like, was there was like two big city. events in the town each year. There was the Fowlerville <laughs> Fair and then the Easy Riders <laughs> Rodeo. In which the the, the town would just be taken over by Harley dudes. I think it was just them all like there. Like just the gathering. They were just like, it was like a week long, it seemed like, too. I mean, they were there for a long time. I think you're right. I think it was a week. And it was just like all these wild biker characters would roll into this tiny little town. And they had like an event one night during the the get together where they, they actually went out and did like games on the bikes, which was hilarious. It's funny. We parked outside a couple of years and like sat on top of the truck and watched the, you know, they did like... They did like barrel racing on their bikes. That would be cool to watch. It was pretty impressive. And then they uh, they had one where the, the guys with the trikes, they would go out there and they had like a giant like tractor tire. You're not talking about like a two wheels in the front, one in the back? No, other way around, okay. like the old man Harley trike. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they would have like this big tractor tire hooked to the back like on a, on a rope. And their spouse or girlfriend or whatever would have to sit in the tire. And this is on like, this it's a, like muddy fairground. Yeah. It's, there's lots of rocks for sure. <laughs> it was, it, it was rough, but they would sit in the back and they had to like drag race to the end of the track. Oh, and then the wives would have to get out of the tire and, and run back to the starting line, <laughs> like all covered in mud and crap. Oh. It was fun to watch. There was like, it was uh, some funny events for That's sure. Funny. I heard one year, so our school was right next to it. And our teacher lived in the house that was right next to the school. And he said one year, a couple came out at night and was like having sex on the school front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. That's great. That would have been like just a, that would have been havoc oh, for yeah. the people there. <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, I'll go ahead and introduce our guest this week. This is a fun episode. Um, we were joined by comedian Jeremy Alder, which I think I would bet that a lot of you, if you follow exvangelical stuff on Twitter or uh, Instagram or whatever, you've probably seen him pop up. Uh, super funny guy homeschooled, grew up Christian and stuff. And um, he has a great special on dry bar comedy called Purity Pants. And it's it's perfect for this audience. You, if you like this show, you'll like his special. It's so funny. Um, drybarcomedy.com, you can go and actually watch that. But uh, yeah, we hung out with Sam and I hung out with Jeremy um, for, for a little while, uh, about a week and a half ago, and just had a great time hearing about his story and uh you know living in different parts of the country and his parents were involved in a couple of like kind of weird churches so it was it was a it was a great time great show i think you guys will really enjoy it um 
more from Jeremy, go to jeremyalder.com or you can look up Jeremy Alder on any social media he's on there. And he's got some good clips on YouTube from his special too. So check those out. But uh, yeah, as always, if you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. And uh, don't forget, we got a Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you should join. It's fun. Uh, cool people. And it's a good place to share stories and just, you know, vent about whatever your family member, you know, sending you links. <laughs> I forget the one that was posted in there today. It was like, uh, super soldier talk.com. Oh, <laughs> it's a good place to buy your ballistic pens. <laughs> but anyways, enjoy our conversation with Jeremy Alder. And we're back with our guest, Jeremy Alder. Jeremy, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, okay, true or false, you're a fan of Christian music. That's complicated, actually. Oh. That's complicated. He, he, he doesn't actually. like to live in the black and white. We're already getting well, a lot no, about just you. because <laughs> I feel like I'd be lying. There's a part of me that wants to say, no, absolutely not. All Christian rock sucks. But... Uh, there's still some bands that I listened to back in the youth group days that I'll still dip back into. Like I, MXPX just released a new album. Oh yeah, I, I listened to it. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna check it out. You know, I'll still, I'll still throw on old POD from time oh, to time. Oh yeah, oh, you can't have, see yeah, now. Of course, we're gonna get along great. <laughs> POD's the best but band ever. In, in general, not a fan of the whole idea of it but uh there's still some bands i'll i'll get into well okay so i was i was thinking like given what i had heard for about you from your podcast and stuff uh i wanted to play you in but i wasn't exactly sure i i picked a few different uh, i picked an arrangement and uh thought maybe you could kind of select your favorite as kind of your the jeremy intro song so nice all right, you, you ready? It's like WWE, like yeah. pick your song. I like this. Yeah, you're strutting to the arena. <laughs> you're about to tell another grown man to suck it by slapping an <laughs> X with your forearms over your cock. All right, so here's our oh, first. Y'all seen my act. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's just you like telling everyone in the audience to suck it, it over That's and over. That's the whole thing. I, the whole that was thing. the best part about being 12 was when you learned that. Now, I don't know what the oh, age the difference power. is here. So maybe you were a little <laughs> older than us, but it's, uh, I'm 30. How old am I? I'm 35. I believe I'm 35. You start forgetting once you're in your thirties, I guess. That's but, true. Yeah. But 12 years old, learning suck it. It was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life at that time. And that's all you did to everyone everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's my first idea for you. Let's see how this gels with you. This had the hand motions. This had uh, definitely. I saw, that, I saw that live twice. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my god, I have not heard. I have not heard audio adrenaline in so long. That is not one of the bands that I go back and ever listen to. 
to be I, clear, but that's that's a good policy. But that's fun. That was fun. That's a wow. Yeah, that brought me back to mid '90s youth group. That's okay. That's the one that got performed on youth group Sundays with hand motions. Yeah, and there's always like kids who are just slightly too old to feel like they shouldn't they shouldn't be doing it anymore, but they uh-huh. had to be. And they just sat there with like a grimace on their face, like they wanted to kill or, themselves. Or do it semi-ironically. Yeah, yeah. You know, real funny, like right, <laughs> like I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, funny because you're had like, practice. I've had practice. Yeah, you're like that's not one of the ones to go back to, but I can't wait for everyone to see your face when uh, that song I, came it lit on. up. Right, <laughs> it was glowing. It was like a wow. wedding night for a Christian. Yeah. All right, so strike one. I probably one. held hands for the for the first time at that <laughs> concert, so it's very Ooh. sexual awakening, possibly. Oh, it's a big night. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, and I'm gonna fucking every single one of them. <laughs> oh no, I absolutely would not have had that thought. I would have been too scared. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just respect Jacqueline. Too I'm much about for to. That. I'm, that's right. I'm about to hold this girl's hand so hard in one of those rooms, dude. <laughs> hold her hand so hard. <laughs> we're gonna talk about how many kids we're gonna have. <laughs> all right so maybe something a little cooler a little more with the times let's okay. let's try this one out for size wait hold up this is my favorite part oh no <laughs> okay i don't so know this john one. rubin is a strikeout oh really oh that's john, that's john rubin? rubin yep okay that's a household I, name it just I, the song didn't click did he become a household name? I remember when he first came out, I saw his album at the Christian bookstore and I was like, Oh, another white Christian rapper. Just what we need. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I listened to it and I was, I was unimpressed, but that was his first album. So it doesn't sound like he got any better. He, he was, <laughs> he was definitely better than KJ five, two KJ five, two. Uh, I feel lot. like he was You're making the worst a bold one. statement. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot because I do remember KJ52 and I liked him a little bit more, but I don't know. I think he wouldn't have had such a bad rap if they didn't try to make him like out to be the Christian Eminem, you know? Like, yeah. He could have just done his own thing and been his own person without needing to, like, I mean, he did it to himself too. He made that whole fucking song oh, yeah. where he. Dear Slim. Yeah. It. It was a bad yeah. move. Oh. <laughs> because no matter what he oh, says, yeah. at the end of the day, that's I mean, that's capitalism in Christian music, right? He's yeah. just doing it to like I don't I don't know what part of him thought he might get Eminem saved, but also the clout, the Christian clout for getting someone like Eminem saved would have been incredible and helped his career. But at the end of the day, it was like, if I do this, uh hopefully that'll just kind of like graft on to whatever he's doing in the slightest in a, in some yeah. way shape or form that'll increase my notoriety yeah. yeah he should have aimed for justin bieber instead oh and he justin bieber's a christian now that's what so. i'm saying he would have got he would have gotten it oh yeah he would have had that huge. oh you're right dude he yeah bieber was probably a little too young when that came out yeah bieber right, probably was quite a bit so. younger yeah yeah he was probably Eminem. still yeah. a wee lad in canada yeah yeah dude uh i haven't thought about that song in a long time okay dude, so here, here's it's like some the lyrics. christian version of stan no what's uh 
What's the one about? The, is it Stan? What's the one where the guy like drives his car off the cliff or whatever? With because he's like right, he's like writing to him. There's like the he's like get the you hear the pen going in the background and it's get what? the Dido hook. Who does this song? This is Eminem. It's the Eminem oh. song. I didn't listen to Eminem. Motherfucker, come on! This is like. <laughs> You talk. Right. I have to Google this. I have to. Forget, <laughs> I think it's Stan or Dear. Fuck me. All right, one last one last entry. Okay, and uh, we'll see if this one fits. Oh, dude, if you don't know it this one, I'm really featuring up the Dido. Here. Okay, moving on. Sorry. All right, try this. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? They start singing praise in a whole new way. Oh. oh my god. What is this? <laughs> what? It's literally like <laughs> the trauma. Oh man, if if there was if you looked at a Christian music like bar graph, that was the trough. That's the lowest it went. That was the 2008 financial crisis of Christian music. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. That sounded like the 9-11 of Christian music to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was... Like an inside I, I never, job, you mean? I, that was devastating, and I will never forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he goes through several different cartoons. Oh my He's God. He's like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Cowabungalooia. Who, who like, is that? Oh God, what is his name? Now, I've, now I'm blanking. I think I hope we get like uh And when when did it come out? Cuz I feel like that was post Chris youth Rice group for me. Oh, Chris Rice. Yeah, let me see what that was he, just he got YouTube. caught up in a scandal recently. Oh, like in the last no, couple really? of years. If I'm thinking of the right guy, let, let's do Chris Rice scandal. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> for it. Google it. It's uh, it's funny like that is um I guess that was his attempt like he he did the silly that he had his silly songs phase. I don't know if he did more than one, but yeah, I don't. That did not sound like the type of song I remember him doing when he came out because he was big when he first popped. I don't actually know Dude, what this his is. Bad were. news. Oh, sexual assault. Casey, is it true? Okay, Report, I was right. I the was singer right. allegedly groomed students at a Kentucky church through back yes. rubs and unaccompanied yes. sleepovers, according okay. to an investigation by Grace. Yes. Looks like it was like, uh, I don't know if it just came to light, but I'm seeing some of this between 1995 and 2003. I feel like I just heard about it a few years ago. I think it took a while for it to come out or maybe not. Maybe I just was not paying attention, but yikes. Well, oh yeah. October 15th, 2020 relevant reported that a young man made allegations of sexual assault against rice. Okay, Young men looking it, for yeah. a mentor in the music industry say they found the singer was more interested in touching them than talking about songwriting. Which, honestly... Dang. How far you have fallen, Chris. It's hard to Chris. say. I mean, I don't want to be a problematic person, but it's hard to say they missed out on the songwriting piece of it. Like, <laughs> given what we just heard. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yabba-dabba-do-ya. <laughs> oh, now it makes He's sense. He's going to yabba-dabba-do-ya. Yeah, it makes sense why he started making children's songs. 
Yeah. Now I see that in a whole different light. That's <laughs> real creepy. Yeah. That's only the cartoons now. He just wants to lead junior church praise. That's all he wanted uh, to do at the church. Unbelievable, <laughs> man. Uh, it's right out there in the open. How do people not see that? He starts singing about cartoons. That is the big red flag. That's, that's wow. If it weren't for freaking Martin Luther, they'd all be in the Catholic Church. Concentrated. It's probably the biggest biggest problem he had. Wow. Yeah. Luther set him free into the world. <laughs> God. Man. <laughs> So yeah, so um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the first song. De- yeah, definitely. That's right. okay. Big house. Okay, that's right. you yeah, do have to pick with, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most reasonable one to go with, especially in light of the information we just uncovered. Absolutely. I might have been inclined to go with the Yabba Dabba Do You one, but yeah, uh, originally. Uh, but I'm glad although, you brought this to my attention. Although now I have to think because um, I believe it was the. Uh, bass player for audio adrenaline that was uh, a big part of the anti-vax stuff in Tennessee in 2020. And he was like chasing school board members out to their cars and threatening them and stuff. No way. Yes. I'd love to hear that. I- yes. Yeah. He's in the so, Lord's army. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they're all a bunch of weirdos. It's been a real ear to the ground in the, the yeah. Christian music scandal. You know, world. it's it, I don't really follow it, but if I I will hear about usually like on Twitter, and for some reason I do have this curiosity about what happened to all these people I used to listen to and you know fanboy over, and uh, most of them turned out to be you know pieces <laughs> of shit. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so i mean cooper <laughs> really cooper stuff uh what's his first name john cooper oh john cooper oh, God. He, i mean skillet, is that the skillet guy yeah 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 i don't yeah, any yeah, of yeah. them i think he turned out to be the yeah. one, at least because he has a platform and i think he got yeah. his eyeliner tattooed on if i'm not mistaken but <laughs> uh, i saw I, I saw skillet live too in a church parking lot I may oh, yeah. have seen, seen them, them several times. I may have yeah. seen them at a youth event. I, I, I'm trying to recall if they played in one of the acquire the fires that I went to or if it was, um, what was like skillet light? What was like the skillet pillar? Band? pillar. It might've been yeah. pillar or cutlass, uh, but they all blended okay. in to me at the time. Cause I didn't actually listen to any of them. What were you listening to then? Uh, I, it's fine. I, I got into, like I missed the Charlie the, Daniels. I missed a lot of the that that Christian rock, Christian like music, contemporary Christian. I went from just like not knowing to thinking there wasn't Christian music that I liked yeah. to finding like the heavy side of Christian music as like a 14-year-old. Um yeah. and then just going straight into that. So I missed yeah. like uh, I went back to some of it like so you have like Reliant K, right? Everyone loved Reliant yeah. K. I didn't at the yeah. time and then as later teen years, I was like, I actually fucking love this shit. Uh, yeah. And I thought they really were progressed as a band, but I missed a lot of like the youth yeah, group yeah. era stuff. Um, I did. Too, I didn't miss it, but I, I never really liked it. I did yeah, like yeah. 
there was a kind of underground alternative Christian rock scene that I liked. Like like POD when they started out, I saw them at a skate park playing for three people. Yeah, that's and they sick. they rocked. Like I was like, this is I. They were so good, like right out of the gate. Sonny had and, just um, started his dreads, right? Yeah, they were short. Pretty, yeah, and he still had stage fright, so he did a lot of it like with his back turned to the crowd. So fun to the three yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But so I liked I liked them because I felt like we had this connection because they were in this they were for some reason at this skate park in San Antonio, Texas, playing for three people from San Diego. You know, that was a long trip for I don't know what. I hope they had better shows before and after that because. They lost a lot of money on that tour. I'm sure. <laughs> they were at C Spot Rock, and Chris Rice told them to clear out the dressing room. But he, had, he had guests over. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, they did end up. They did a a tour for uh, Satellite not too too long ago, like an anniversary tour, and I guess it mostly went fine from what I heard. But I I had some friends that went to it in my area, and they said that it was like local show level crowd um, oh wow they had done it in like a bigger there's an upstairs and a downstairs and i'm pretty sure they did it in like the bigger side thinking it was going to be bigger than it was and that only made the crowd look even smaller yeah. oh uh so that's disappointing but yeah it's a bummer because uh i'm part of the problem i wasn't there to add to those numbers and i certainly <laughs> would have liked to have been i don't know why i wasn't uh, so you said you were in, that was San, you saw them in San Diego at a skate park? No, no, no I, San Antonio. San Antonio. But they're from San Diego. So they had, oh, they had yeah, yeah. driven from San Diego. I mean, that's a long ass trip. That's a drive. Yeah. Yeah. Were and, you a uh, skater boy? I, I was trying to be. Ah, dude, I love that phase. Yeah. I went through that phase. Yeah. Trying to yeah. be. That sucks. Nothing yeah. feels quite like displacement except other than trying to be a skater boy. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I loved, I loved skating. I was never super good at it, but those were the people I wanted to hang out with. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude, so tell I us. My, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I was just gonna say I had, I had my skate buddy and uh, my rollerblade buddy because rollerblading was I, at that time when I, also, I was getting into skating. Yeah, yeah, that was the a rollerblading. Thing. There was only a three or four year time span where you could have like committed to that and not look like a goof. Right, right yeah. after break, I never. I, <laughs> to, to be clear, to be clear, I always thought it looked stupid, so ah. I never did it. But I had <laughs> buddies that would come to the skate park because they wanted to act like they were skaters too. Yeah, and this, uh, now and you can fully thing. admit it. Now you can tell them, like, yeah. say it. You're like, I didn't uh, want to hurt. Oh no, I'm pretty sure I told them at the time. Too, like, I, but... look, I don't skate. This is aggressive inline, my guy. <laughs> like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, dude. You get sure. the grind pad. They put the like the grind pads on their skates right. or whatever. You know? Right. Yep. <laughs> Incredible times. Incredible times. Yeah. The nineties yeah. were sick, <laughs> dude. So tell us a little bit about your your early life growing up. How you got into church? What that looked like? Okay. Uh, well, I grew up. Um, just outside of San Antonio and my parents, uh, became born again when I was like four or five years old. And, uh, so we went from like, I mean, we never went to church and, you know, we had, um, 
you know, we had a TV and we listened to, my parents had a good record collection uh, of like really good shit. And uh, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan at four or five years old. I was already like hooked. I had like, I had a sequined glove and (laughs) I had the, like the tiny little LPs and stuff and a little record player. And, um, uh, they would let me watch his music videos on, I guess it was MTV that was, uh, at the time still showed music videos. There was a time kids when MTV (laughs) (laughs) showed music music television actually showed music videos. So, um, but then they, they got, changed they it. Got, it's not, they changed it from music television to just more television. I think is what they had. They like switched it so that way they could. Oh really? No, so I, I made that. that. Okay, <laughs> oh, that, that would make sense. Though. That would make way more sense given what they. What's actually on there? So, um, so when my parents became born again, my experience of it was, oh shit, the TV's gone. They took my Michael Jackson records. They took my glove. <laughs> uh, we don't play music. We don't play the records anymore. The you got to wear music. a t-shirt over your bikini at Schlitterbahn. They still let me wear my bikini at Schlitterbahn, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Yeah. So like all of a sudden, and then we started going to church like three times a week. And I just remember it sucked big time. Dude, that's a huge shift. You said you were four. It was a huge shift. To remember it so well at four shows you how monumental of a shift that was. No, I think those are my earliest memories, actually. What was this? Um, What was there? Like, was it like uh, someone just talked to them? Like, what was, do you, do you know what like flipped the switch for them? Yeah. Um, my mom had a vision in in the living room. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of her story to tell. So I won't go into too many details, Sure, sure. but it set her up for the next day. She went to get her hair done, uh, at the beauty salon that she always went to. And the lady there who does her hair started talking to her about this house church that they were a part of. And I think my mom experienced it as like confirmation and um, started attending this house church that this, I'm pretty, I I, I believe he was a used car salesman who (laughs) also, I'm not kidding, Angelo Cacero. I don't know where he is. He's probably in prison now, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say that. I don't know, but probably. Chris (laughs) Rice's talent agent. Just get right. Just given what we have seen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I believe she started going there. And my dad, from what I understand was a little skeptical at first. Uh, but she started talking to him and then did they have he, religious backgrounds to like, set not really the like, uh, my mom's family was lapsed Roman Catholic. And, uh, and then my dad's came out of, Church of Christ, but never really. It was like, you know, holidays kind of thing. Um, not not observant in any way. Okay. Uh, but then my dad, from what I understand, my dad was watching an episode of Jimmy Swagger. Oh, the televangelist. Okay. Hey. And Talking about squeaky clean record. Bro, I know. 
Uh, somehow that connected with my dad. And then he started going to church with my mom. And then we all started going to church. Um, the home church or did you find a new the home church. church? Okay. I remember we go, I remember we'd go, we were going to the home church for a little while. Cause they would put all of us kids in the garage with a babysitter and no uh, way. We'd hang out. We'd hang out in the garage while they had service in the living room. So I have those memories of the garage. Um, <laughs> that was true. Like, we started going to church. Well, they started going to church. I was tucked into a garage. Into a garage. At least they turned the cars off sometimes. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was the later stages of the cult. You had to work your way up to that point. Then we were all in the garage with the cars on, and I was like, "Why? What are we doing?" <laughs> why, why do we all do church in the garage now, mom? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Uh, we did eventually, I don't know how, but we ended up, we moved away from the home church. Then we started attending a church that was in a strip mall. And it seemed like all the churches that I went to were either like in a house, a strip mall, or like a, a sheet metal, like warehouse style building in like an industrial park those were all the church buildings i remember growing up no Dude, cathedrals I'm, there's, no. <laughs> there's so much overlap between what you're saying and my experience too and i know we'll get into even more overlap when you touch on the homeschool piece because i was homeschooled but um i started out going like my earliest church memories are home church um and then when we we ended up switching to a church uh, that wasn't an actual church building. But then when we started going to another church, it was like they, they had just started building the building and it was, it literally looked like a warehouse. It was like yeah. the steel scaffolding inside. Like you just, it looked, you were just in a, a metal warehouse. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it was just, just, it was just some dude with a startup idea. Yeah. That's it. It's And those all startups begin in a garage or like a, you know, a strip mall or an industrial park. They just have just have a dream and a little bit of seed money to get it going. And then they just go for it. And yeah. most of them, most of them don't last. Yeah, most they of them go out of business. And I don't think any of the churches that we were a part of still exist. Really? The yeah. one that I the one that started out in the built the big building is still going strong. Actually it's still a church that my parents attend. But oh wow. Um, they it's so funny because like but to start it it was a guy he was a uh i don't know how he came to the u.s he he was from canada but he he was like a corporate bigwig in canada and then like got saved like really after was, he or this was his story no it right. was because it, he started he every like so much of it started with his like with his like he funded a lot of trying to get this thing started like he basically retired with a, a a really nice retirement package and just around that time decided like got saved and started a church and then didn't like as it grew he just like wouldn't take any money like i mean theology wise i thought he was you know there's things i look back on and go that was a problem but he was an in he had integrity because he wasn't it, none of it was about making money for him he literally yeah. refused to pay for as long as he could eventually he took some because everyone was just like it just feels weird to not give you literally anything but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's 
that was it. Corporate bigwig who turned uh, turned pastor who funded his own startup <laughs> that ended sure, up yeah. now now it's like gone to live on. Uh, his legacy has lived on, which is all we really want, right? To make was a, it, a lasting uh, legacy. Were y'all a part of any like um, network or denomination, or no, was it completely non-denominational? Is the yeah. only yeah, yeah, one yeah. true denomination. <laughs> that's <Dude>. right. <laughs> How many of those started by like? some skeevy dude talking his elderly mother into doing a reverse mortgage on her house. Yeah. <laughs> this is like 85% of reverse mortgages were taken out to start a non-denominational church. Yeah. But, and, but, and if your mother has to die in poverty, homeless, so that only one may enter the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Then it's that's... like a direct correlation on the bar graph when you look at like, Start the number of non-denominational churches and the number of liens on people's homes. <laughs> yeah, like and then it just cap, like capsizes in the two thousand eight. Yeah, <laughs> there, it, uh, like um, the the vision that your mom had was that like something that she. Did she hold that pretty tight or did she talk about that a lot when you were a kid or? She didn't talk about it until later when I was older, she told me. Yeah. But basically, I mean, she, she believes she saw Jesus in the living room. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. It's super interesting. It's, I, I always yeah. find stuff like that fascinating because it obviously it's whatever they see, whatever. I mean, it's enough to, I mean, anyone who sees anything that's enough to change your life, I, I'm. In, it's so interesting to me because you can see that also go. We've seen that go mm -hmm. horribly wrong with a lot of people who say they've had visions too. So, yeah. however much stock anyone wants to put in it, it, it yeah. But for it her personally, it, is, but. it was hugely transformative, and a lot of it was positive. I mean, she immediately stopped smoking and drinking and doing drugs, and kind of like really committed to her marriage wow. and to her kids, and it was really huge for her. Uh, and, and, you know, largely positive, even I think, even though it meant that I lost Michael Jackson and TV, we all and... lost him eventually. Though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Probably for the best. You, you know? were a little early, but it, yeah. look, we all don't look back on it with the same, <laughs> with the same fondness. <laughs> God, but he would have loved me though. He would have loved me so much. <laughs> That is true. That is true. <laughs> Dude, there's like a window of time. It's like, you know how like a uh like a baby duck pops out of the egg and then it like bonds with the first thing it sees. Like if yeah. you get really good news or really bad news, there's a window of time after that where like you're just ready to link up with somebody. You know, it's like the first person to come along and, and like give you direction with that newfound energy. Like that's where you're going. It's like it's like a like a 18 year old that signed up for the National Guard. They just got that signing bonus check. And it's like the first jet ski salesman to come along. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then they get stationed in Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's another in, interesting stat it's like 90 percent of jet skis for sale on 
Facebook Marketplace are <laughs> National Guardsmen that are that are four months into their term. <laughs> I love that Casey's like your stat guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's just like, like makes him up. Holy shit! He just makes it. He's like this is like the you know like they have the sports <laughs> podcast. There's always the stat guy that's bringing the stats in. He's just pulling them out of his ass. I'm like Brendan Shaw making fight predictions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right uh so yeah you guys start going now now your mom and your dad's on board you're starting to go to church yeah. three times a week it's a home church yep so then uh so then i start uh i guess kindergarten and it was at a private christian school that was connected to a non-denominational Dude, church. Me too, baby. Yeah. I love this. My, We're the same it, person. It was called uh, Faith Outreach Christian Academy. Okay. Mine was Trinity School. Good name. Trinity School. That sounds cooler, I think. Um, and I I mean, I kindergarten was good. I remember I had a huge crush on my kindergarten teacher, uh, Miss Perky Timmons. She was a singer. Yeah, it's quite the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that wasn't actually her name. That was the nickname I gave her. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I wasn't sure. <laughs> in kindergarten. I wasn't sure where it was going when I heard Miss Perky called her. No, that was her. That was how she was introduced to us. Um, it's a hyphenated last name, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, no. No. Oh, I don't think so. I think her it's first name Perky was Timmons? Perky, and it was like a nickname. Oh, wow. And her last name was Timmons. That is not a nickname that anybody would have anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Quick Google uh, Perky Timmons scandal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, she's a pedophile. Uh, <laughs> You're like, rats! <laughs> No, she was she was incredible. I do have this memory of um, I remember I went to my first NBA basketball game with her and a friend, and I feel like she babysat maybe for my parents, and uh, and I, I became that was my first exposure to the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Go Spurs, go! Lifelong diehard fan, um, and I feel like. I ended up spending the night at her apartment. That's wild. Which is weird, right? I've got to don't listen. I got to verify this <laughs> with my parents. So don't my, my parents are wonderful parents and they're, they were very attentive and, um, uh, you know, careful with me. So I would be surprised, but I really think that that might've happened, um, which is crazy, but I did spend time with her at the very least significant time with her outside of school which is weird i mean if i I, didn't spend the night it's it's honestly exactly what i'd expect from a christian school to ignore concepts like conflict of interest yeah oh (laughs) sure sure and so anyway kindergarten was a great experience for me um and i uh i i had a lot of fondness for that school and then i think um i did one more year there and then my mom decided, and I had a, at the time an older, uh, an older brother uh, and a sister that were there. 
And then my mom pulled us all out of school and decided to homeschool us. How uh, many siblings? She, how many how many kids did you decide to homeschool all at once? A total of four. I think when we started, my little brother hadn't quite started school yet. Dude, but that's eventually the same it was for me. I have three siblings yeah. and my mom pulled us all out around the same time to homeschool us. Wow. What year was this? I wonder if there was something in the... I mean, you're younger than me, so it would have been... Uh, it, so I was. I got pulled out in... I did second grade through Christian school, and then we were all taken out. So my brother yeah. was going into fourth grade. I was going into second, and my younger brother would have pretty much just been starting kindergarten, I think. Um, and then yeah. my sister had just been born. Yeah, it's the year there's, there was, was a, the there must have been a significant like exodus event. Like that was the year that people found the penis in the the Little Mermaid castle. And parents <laughs> got scared and pulled them all out. They yeah, saw the, I don't they know saw the sex in the writing when uh, <laughs> Simba collapsed Simba. on Pride Rock or whatever wherever he was. <laughs> I know that when my mom pulled us out, it was uh, this would have been mid eighties. Yeah, that's earlier. Um, and I have to actually count backwards from how old I am okay. to get to the right time. So if we all yeah. could take a quick moment of silence, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what year it was. <laughs> but I, I know at that eight. time, <laughs> at that time, we didn't know any other homeschoolers and it was not, it, it's a kind of a common thing now. And it's in the, it's in the mainstream. People know what it is. And, um, at, but at the time, we didn't know anybody. And I remember uh, my mom communicating that she wasn't even sure that it was entirely legal. And so we were always on the alert for like the truancy officers or child protective services showing up at the house. And we had like a protocol, like if, wow, if the sedan pulls up and people get out in suits or with clipboards, like, you don't answer the door, you come and get mom, and then you stay behind, basically. You so, had to sniff out the feds early then, man. That's that, yeah, man. Oh, listen, I we've my my parents have been, you know, very suspicious of uh of the feds as long as I can remember. So that was definitely a part of our education. So this know. must have been I mean, was was this something that was happening within like your church community? Because somebody no, must our have church, talked about I that. I know, I know, and I honest, somebody must have. But I know that my mom got a lot of criticism from our church because oh, wow. I remember her talking about it, and uh, because people in our church felt like, no, you got to send your kids. Actually, you should send them to public school where they can be salt and light. Right, that and, makes uh, sense. You're that was the give argument. Our kids, polio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the argument I made when I wanted to go to school. I was tired of being homeschooled, and I tried yeah. to like pitch to my parents, and it, it wasn't even inauthentic because I was like, I had a bunch of friends who weren't Christian, and I would try to get them saved. I didn't, I didn't smoke the cigarettes, do the drugs, drink the alcohol. I was a straight laced kid. And my parents were like worried still about sending me. I'm like, I'm out of the house every weekend with people doing whatever they want. And you don't trust me to go to public school. Not learning evolution there. Now, 
it worked out because I probably would have, you know, uh, experienced hatred a lot sooner in my life. But I uh, just for being that guy. But uh, right. I, they didn't buy it. I, and, and that that argument makes a lot of sense to be the salt. Yeah. And the light. If you raise your children up right. How would your yeah. uh, siblings take that? Like being pulled out of school and stuff. Man, I don't remember. I really don't know how they were processing it. Um, I think I was, I don't really, I feel like I was probably pretty excited about it at the time. Cause it was like, I don't have to get up and go to school. Like, yeah, just here. And it was very, I will say the first year it was very loose. Like I remember um, my mom basically created a curriculum for me out of old highlights magazines Oh, you wow. get That's like definitely a illegal. Office. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. In Texas, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted. Oh, that, that's true. You know? um, so Texas it was in Florida, man, the last free states. That's what oh, I Oh, yeah, say. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was, uh, that was, that was that. So then I was homeschooled basically um, briefly in high school. Uh, I went back for half a year to a private Christian school. And, uh, and then finished out at home. So man, yes. Second grade on. Um, that's so great. Did you, um, you say, so in high school you did like half a year at a Christian school. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to play on their basketball team and they They wouldn't let you unless you were at the school. Cause that was one of the things that came up a lot when uh, people would be like, man, again, maybe regionally and the years that you were homeschooled things are different but people will be like what if you want to do sports and in at least where i lived it was uh any if you were homeschooled you were entitled to be able to play on any public school team if you made the team yeah i don't think that was the case at that time for yeah. for for us we had our own like homeschool sports leagues <laughs> we did and we, i like remember dribbling with both hands <laughs> some of them were pretty good actually uh surprisingly because i mean you'd have kids that would just stay home and play basketball all day so <laughs> but we had like state tournaments and national tournaments and like it was kind of a thing um at that time but this this christian school which is connected to a mega church in san antonio called cornerstone uh, Pastor John Hagee, who's kind of a big deal in that oh, circle. Yeah. It was his school. And okay. they sunk a bunch of money into their sports programs and had a nationally ranked elite basketball team. In oh, which wow. It was ba- the starting five was the basically the, um, the Mexican junior national team. They gave them all scholarships and their coach and brought them to San Antonio. They just bought a high school team. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, From Mexico. And and housed them. And uh That's the only kind of immigration they like too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Otherwise (laughs) Otherwise they want to build that wall. Yes. Yeah. And the only Uh, people who can like they put a basketball hoop at the top of the wall and if you can like sink buckets and you can come over. Yeah, they (laughs) come over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy, man. They had a ton of money and they they were really into sports. So I was like, I wanna see if I can make the team. 
And uh, man, that team, uh, one of the players, Eduardo Nahara, ended up playing in the NBA. He played for the Dallas Mavericks for several years. Like they were legit good. I remember uh, Lamar Odom's high school came and played us. I don't know if you remember Lamar Odom played for the Lakers and the Clippers. And uh, he was like a, he was like a six, nine point guard in high school. Crazy. Like <laughs> oh insane. He, he, I think he went straight from high school to the NBA. He was one of those guys, but anyway, it was like, it was a whole thing. So I wanted to go and, and try and play. Uh, obviously I, despite my pull-ups and stuff, I was not able to <laughs> make the team. So, so I went back home. All right. So you, that, that that's pretty you like you left homeschool it's like going out on not your before own. dating like, john hagee's daughter though i did i did uh well technically it's his niece but she lived with them and called and him I, daddy yeah <laughs> i took her to the uh i took her to the prom and he made me come over for dinner to meet him first no way so and he lives uh they have a house in uh there's a neighborhood on oh, the outskirts of nice. town called the it's called the dominion oh it's the richest neighborhood in san antonio it's where like george Strait, david robinson tim duncan they all had houses there all the spurs players had houses there and he had a house there and so i did get to go and have dinner with him and i guess you know i uh i passed i was able to (laughs) take her to the prom like sitting you down you're like 13 and he's like tell me what kind of man you are jeremy <laughs> like i'm not yet <laughs> i love um i love christian claim to fame like that like that Hagee is a huge name it within like evangelical christianity anything outside of that people be like who what are you talking about like oh sure that's so yeah. inconsequential but no for one, people who grew no up one, in that world that is yeah i mean that it's Honestly, almost as cool. It's like uh, I feel like Hagee or um, who's the dude that did like the purpose driven life, uh, like that whole thing that blew up. Oh, Rick, yeah. Rick Warren, yeah, Warren. Rick it's like Warren. The, they're just like yeah. there's like there's like a good five names where it's like everyone knows these names, like that. Yeah, it's like dating the president's daughter for a minute. You know? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, no, it, so, was. it was. It was crazy. Uh, I, I guess that didn't work out though. Uh, no, no, we we, were, we, we ended up, we were just friends really. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Went back home, finished out at home and, um, yeah, I think around that time too, I was starting to like really question a lot of, a lot of like what I had grown up with. Yeah. So I think that was the begin, probably the beginning of the end for me, like that year, that was my junior year. Okay. Yeah. Was it a so, bad experience like going to the school? I mean, what made you choose to go back? Or just like, well, there's no basketball, I'm leaving. Yeah, I think there were some things I didn't like about it. Uh the principal and vice principal were authoritarian pricks who were like very like narrow my I remember you know we had like mandatory chapel. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I remember I remember um one of them started shitting on jars of clay because <laughs> yeah, Mm-mm. because they were touring with, I think it was sting. They were opening for sting 
And he that was and, the highlight of their career then. Jeez. Yeah. And he was like, I remember him saying in chapel, you know, that, that they were like betraying the gospel by, you know, basically endorsing what sting was doing yeah, by bringing and, it to more people. <laughs> well, that's what, so, so then I like spoke up in chapel and like countered that with like, well, where wouldn't you want them playing in front of the world? You know, like this is an audience. It's not going to come to church and blah, blah, blah. And he got pissed off and I had to go to the office and then I ended up arguing with him. And I was just like, this fucking sucks. I don't, <laughs> like, I'm so, I'm, I was just really got really tired of the, like, just the narrow mindedness of uh, the, especially the men that were always in charge sure. of everything. And uh, yeah, so that was part of why I wanted to go home. Also, it just felt like a big waste of time. Like I just remember classes taking so long and like when I was homeschooled, I could get my work done in two or three hours. Yes. And then I would have the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. I could have a job. I could go play basketball. I could skate. I could, you know, Still do whatever JC I Penny catalog. I could, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so true. I just, I remember feeling the same way. Like people would be like, they would ask like, what time do you get up for school? I'm like, I don't know, like eight, eight thirty, And they're like blown away. Yeah. And then you're right. like, yeah, this is like now my, I feel like my junior year, <clears throat> I like, it just got no, or my, I guess it was probably more like my senior year. I just like stop. You just get to a point where like nothing matters anymore. Like I remember my mom, I just, I just remember like getting this blowout with my mom because she like went through a bunch of my workbooks and th look, I'm a teenager. This is on my mom, by the way. Like I didn't do anything. And it took were you her drawing, were you drawing dicks it. in your were you drawing dicks in your workbook? <laughs> no, I wish no. that would have been probably okay. that would have been more work than I was actually doing. I would wake up <laughs> at like eight, go down, eat a bowl of cereal, and be like, "All right, going up to do Spanish class." My, my uh, when I was being homeschooled, they, this whole thing started taking off where it was like it, you basically like ran a cable, like like cable TV, but it was like very specific through your house, and you would like you would you know, you had to put everything on the right channel and the right input and do all this bullshit. And it was like a satellite that you had to point in the perfect direction. And then it would like be, you would get Spanish classes on your TV. And I had a TV in my room that we had set up what? just what? for this. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, so every day I would wake up, eat breakfast, go upstairs and then fall asleep in the chair while the Spanish was happening and sleep till like 10 and then go down <laughs> downstairs and just like, <laughs> it, it, I, it was on shortwave. He listened to it right <laughs> after white nationalist radio. It was like, it's like the, it was like the TV version of AM radio. It was, yeah, it, yeah. it was hard to get and you had to position it just right. But uh, yeah, I didn't do it. It was just like, I just remember my mom realizing it and freaking the fuck out on uh, it, uh, which yeah. wasn't great. But, as far as like regular subjects, uh, uh, like your math, your English, like previous to that, I just remember being like, yeah, I, I sit down 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you're done with math. Yeah. You didn't sit through yeah. a 50 minute period and then go home and do the homework. You just right. did the work. And then you were like, yeah. if I don't get it, I asked my mom and she yeah. helped me. But <laughs> she tells you you're never going to use algebra yeah. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can check your own work because the answers are in the back of the book. 
Yes. It's like, and all the word problems are dope. It's like, yeah. if Father Abraham had many sons, <laughs> you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the earth is 6,000 years old. Yes, dude, that's how many sons? One. How many sons did he have? <laughs> <laughs> were you guys were you guys young Earth creationists? I remember, yeah, I remember all of my curriculum was one hundred percent. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. I like sure. that you know sure. that your curriculum was like like it's so it's so inconsequential to all curriculum, but you know through your school curriculum that it the Earth was six thousand years old, even if it oh, was yeah. like English. <laughs> Yes, they would find a way to bring it up. Yeah. What yeah. do you remember what curriculum you used? Uh we used a lot of Abeka. Yeah. And I remember at Faith Outreach, the Christian school, we used uh I think it was called Aces. Ace. Which were little That's what I ACE. Went to. ACE. And then I think we briefly used that at home. Uh and you I think you would do them and then you would mail them in. <laughs> You would do the work, the packets, you'd mail them in, and then they would grade them and send you, send them back to you. You were like, I swear, mom, the post office just lost my letter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But eventually we relied on a Becca was, I think the main. Eventually they started doing certified mail. Yeah. That my school was ACE. So I did ACE basically fourth grade all the way through when I graduated and it was ridiculous yeah do you, it really do you is. remember the comic strips yes that's the, that's what i remember the most about it because yeah i Ace mean was, yeah oh my god yeah Pudge meek way and uh christy lovejoy all the all the hits uh, such yeah. awful name. dick hardinson <laughs> perky timmons <laughs> dude We've got, we've told this. I've told the story thirty times on the show, but like uh, the craziest thing about the ACE like comic strips was that the black kids had their own school that they went to. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I totally believe it. Of course, they were segregated. Yeah, yeah. That wow. shit's crazy, dude. It, it is so insane, man. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I do remember, you know, I, I, Rebecca, Rebecca, social studies or history. One of them suggested that slavery was in many ways good for the Africans that were brought to the United States. I remember that. Wow. Suggested. Yeah. And even at that time, I was like, I don't think so. I, I don't. Did Ron DeSantis write this? <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, this this shit's wild, man. It, it was really, wild. like, looking back, I'm like, holy shit. That's... I remember um, I remember reading something in a history book that was, like, about, it was about George Washington and how, like, he had, like, oh, there's, like, there's bullets in his hat and in his oh, coat yeah. sides and it was like it all went to like how it was like God protecting him and made all yeah. the parents miss. And you're like, this is a history class. Like, uh, why are we talking about God redirecting bullets? Like, it's like some Matrix bullet time shit. 
where it's like, <laughs> yes, I think I remember this. It's crazy. There was so much about the founding fathers. God, they just oh, they loved off the so founding hard so hard. Like these were like saints. Yes, and yeah, they it, all yes. had these crazy miracles associated with them that proved that they were somehow divinely chosen to found the greatest country on earth. Yes. And, you know, I mean, like Thomas Jefferson had kids late into his life. <laughs> kids of many different <laughs> yeah. ethnicities. And that was a true it's miracle. So wild, man. Because he never yeah, had some... sex with anyone other than he didn't have sex with anyone other than his wife, so that's right. It's kind yeah. of like a Adam and Eve kind of story where it's like, or you know how like, uh, at, you know, after the flood, like all, wolves had the genetic makeup to make all dogs that we have. It was kind of right. like that with humans at some point. And clearly, had, especially 400 with years Thomas to evolve into chihuahuas. <laughs> like, Thomas Jefferson had black babies, Asian babies. It was all by the grace of God. that. <laughs> That's how we got such a diverse country. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. God loves Thank diversity. Thomas. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> greatest story ever told. We're living, we're living, we're living in extreme day. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so you said uh, around junior senior year is when you started like being like, ah, I'm not so sure. You started having some questions about it. Like, yeah, what happened? Like, as you like traversed uh, adulthood uh, and. Did, were you vocal about these questions? Uh, did you just kind of like leave home and, and deal with it on your own? What was going on with you? No, I was pretty vocal. I remember it created a lot of conflict between me and my mom. And initially, it wasn't that I was like abandoning the faith altogether. It was I was really starting to question the like um, prosperity gospel, the like health and wealth message that we had grown up with that like God wants everyone to be healthy and wealthy. And, you know, if you just say the right prayers, believe the right things, you'll give be the rich. right seed money. Yeah, that's right. And you'll never be sick. I and, just saw uh, a stat, uh, recent, uh, someone, it was like a published article on like, uh, the number of evangelicals or self people who would report themselves as evangelicals and, uh, their adherence to the prosperity gospel. And it was yeah. like over 50%. It's like really, really high now. It's really had a, it's made a huge comeback. Wow. Yeah. It felt more fringe. At yeah. They made the a better time. comeback than POD. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You oh, hush yeah. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I found somehow I came across the Bible Answer Man show. Oh my God. Hank Hanegraaff. Hank Hanegraaff. Is it Grath or so... Grath? I forget. I don't, I don't remember, but I can't, I kind of became a fanboy of Hank Anagraf. Is he still alive? A bunch of his books. There was a scandal with him. Ah, fuck. There always is a scandal. It was a money, I, think, I think it was a money scandal. I don't know if he's still alive or not. That's a good question. It starts but... with him. It ends with Lizzo. The whole shit's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he, um, he got me questioning because he would, he would really go after these like, you know, like Benny Hinn and swaggart and copeland all these like health and wealth people and uh he would like play clips from them like ridiculous shit that they said and they need to critique it so i so i started listening to a lot of that and then like talking to my mom about it and then she got really upset and um so that became kind of a point of contention and then from there it just kind of like yeah it just kind of 
I wish my time, dad would go back to listening to that versus like Alex Jones and shit that he got. Yeah, like, right. Like at least like that guy had a good head on. Well, scandal aside, but like when he was at the height of it all, like, I mean, it's evangelical Christianity, but with a good head on his shoulders. And it was trying to be thoughtful about it. Yeah. He always came off as kind of an arrogant kind of asshole, kind of know sure. it all. But that was, I guess, his persona. Uh, so, yeah, so that was, uh, that kind of headed me down this like more like rationalist path. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to justify everything I believed and question everything and, you know, root it biblically. And, uh, you know, so I just started questioning a lot. And um, uh, I remember I quit going to youth group. And, uh, at the time, I think I was just kind of, I kind of became, I eventually became like agnostic and I was like, I don't know if any of this is true or not, but like, I don't want to lead kids astray if I'm wrong. And, uh, I remember this was crazy. Some dude, I was 17 years old and he had started one of these independent churches and he wanted to hire me as the youth pastor. (laughs) I was still in high school. No way. (laughs) And I was like, bro, I'm not even sure I believe this stuff anymore. So like, I can't like in good conscience. He's like, that's fine. As long as you don't say that. (laughs) That's fine. As long as you don't require a salary. (laughs) I just need a babysitter. You'll be in the garage. It's It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't say what you really believe. You don't ask for money and you show up. I mean, it's pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah. So I, uh, I ended up, yeah, by the end of Taking high school. Taking the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's a good way to meet chicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wouldn't have been committing a crime. I was a teenager too. You were so, under 18. It's I was totally under fine. 18. It would have been fine. <laughs> as long as they weren't under 12, you're in pretty good That's shape. That's right. I, I was, they were all in the sweet spot. So, uh, no, but I, <laughs> I didn't take that job. Uh, but I eventually like left the church altogether. And, uh, yeah, started, it kind of rediscovered faith in college, but kind of a different, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but, um, you know, my relationship's been pretty up and down with, with mm-hmm. the church and, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, kind of transformations and realizations and, you know, what I was, go, uh, I mean, obviously a lifespan, uh, is, it's that's a a lot can happen as far as your beliefs go and the shifts and yeah uh i mean even starting this podcast a few years almost a th- almost three years ago i don't i've the, the shifts i've had since then where it's like it doesn't like some of the things i would have said on a recording several couple of years ago don't even really make sense for who i am now like i so shifts can happen uh and it feels slow but it's like it's weird i mean they they it's a lot of ups and downs but like in college, what were some of the, what were some of the, what was like a monumental shift where you were like, you're out, but you're, you're talking about how something kind of brings you back in, uh, to some, to some version of it. Uh, yeah. What, I'm curious as to like, we, I don't know, we don't need to like hit all the, all the road stops, uh, all I, the way to where you are. Sure. Now, sure. Yeah. Well, the what... quick version is I somehow got connected with the, uh, reformed university fellowship, RUF which is, I think it's on a lot of college campuses. It's like a reformed okay. Presbyterian. Um, and they were all, they're very into like, they're very academic minded uh, people. And, uh, and um, 
very thoughtful and and uh and at the time i was very attracted to kind of like the kind of rationalist approach to life and they seemed to like somehow bring both together kind of the academic rationalist side and faith and i just had not really encountered that in real life growing up because it was just like fundamentalists all the way down um Mm -hmm. and around me and uh you know, so I started hanging out with them and, uh, he gave me a book like of apologetics and it was some argument for the historical veracity of the resurrection and, um, the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It wasn't that, it wasn't that it was a little more like serious than that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who it, I wish I could remember. It might've been like William Lane Craig or somebody like that. Okay. And I remember getting to the end of the book and being like, huh. I believe that. And then I was like, but I don't buy everything else around it. Like, I just remember, like, I had this, like, sense of, like, I think the resurrection might have really happened. Probably really happened. This guy really rose from the dead. I don't really know what that means. And I don't want to be too quick to, like, jump to conclusions. So Mm -hmm. I tried to kind of keep an open mind about that. But that did start me kind of back towards, like, a type of faith. Um, and then I switched majors to philosophy, um, and because I just wanted to like, I think I got really, that's why I got into like apologetics and stuff and like, yeah, really yeah. was trying to like understand this from like a kind of rational perspective and see if there was anything I could, um, continue to, uh, you know, hold on to from my past and, and my faith. Um, and, uh. Yes. And, uh, also a big part of that was I was, a my mom was a radical pro-life activist growing up, like the type that would like, you know, we would, you know, march around abortion clinics and stuff and mm-hmm. go to rallies and hold signs and stuff. Uh, so, um, so I ended up like joining the pro-life movement on my campus and got active in that. And, um, and so of course that's connected to the church. And so I kind of ended up attending church again and got married, uh, sophomore year, had a kid immediately. (laughs) So, okay. You're you're You're, stuck at that point. (laughs) Yeah. You wrote the check. I was like, I need help. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're a sophomore. So I'm guessing freshman year, you're now, it sounds like you get introduced to some of this apologetics, uh, resurrection stuff. You go, I I think I'm into this. You connect back to church and by sophomore year, you're married and have a kid. Yeah. But I was already probably headed in that direction because even though I didn't like, I wasn't in the church, I was still fundamentally a conservative guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just kind of a family guy or like, I didn't, I wasn't going to like, I wasn't going to have sex until I was married. Like I was like committed to that. Kind of a Um, Bill O'Reilly Christian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I would have, I was a fan at the time. I mean, that's the truly like AM conservative radio was a big part of my childhood. Like Rush Limbaugh had a bigger hand in my education than any pastor or a teacher or like we actually my mom named our school the uh the alder school of advanced conservative studies which was <laughs> which was a 
which was a play on because Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh had the Limbaugh School of Advanced Conservative Studies. That was his curriculum. Or Principal whatever. Maharashi. <laughs> so that's so funny. Dude. So that's yeah. So even when I wasn't like a believer, I was still like conservative and like a activist minded conservative because we yeah, were raised yeah. to be activists, you know. And uh, I've, you know, the biggest changes for me have been politically, I think, and politically and theologically, those kind of went hand in hand. But I mean, I was a little like a uh, young Republican coming into to college. For yeah, sure. I, I did my first college. Year, I did my first year at community college and I was I was a young Republican there. It was like I, I wanted to tell everybody I knew I knew I was prepped and ready to be it's like I knew I was going to be going against the grain because the world was liberal trash and yes. I needed to stand my ground. Yeah, so I was I was fucking ready. Yeah, uh, same. I had a big chip on my shoulder and I I, I liked being a little bit of an instigator. It was punk. And an it outsider. felt like punk as shit, felt, didn't it? That's right. It did. Yep. You listen yep. to Michael Savage. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man. Liberalism oh, is a mental disorder. Guy. Yeah. Raise your hand yep. at community college. You're like, I just like to state <laughs> for the record. Liberalism <laughs> is a mental disorder. Uh, and I went to school in Austin where Alex Jones is, is based. Oh, heck mm. yeah. That yeah. was the glory days too. That was that was that was those the early days of Alex that Jones. That was when Alex was still fun. Before, yes. like Trump really ruined Alex Jones. Really did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, the dude is is still a hell of an entertainer. I mean, one of the best to ever do the radio, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Back in the day, sneaking into Bohemian Grove, watching Henry Kissinger like play sourdough with <laughs> a bunch That's of congressmen. Hilarious. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I had yeah. gay sex in front of the owl statue. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> in my mind. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was, a, I was, I was a yeah conservative guy uh, working through theological stuff. Then that all changed, like middle of college. I guess end of end of senior year, I started to get into like the social justice Christians. Dude, and that I was found my big swing. Through philosophy, somehow through, uh, how did I, oh, I know what it was. Actually, I was, I was at a church friend's house taking a shit in his bathroom and he had a copy of Ron Sider's Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger. I don't know if you're familiar with this book. I am not familiar with this book at all. One of the fundamental books in kind of the evangelical uh, social justice kind of movement. Uh, He was a, I think he was a Mennonite guy. Anyway, it was just arguing like, you know, it's it's clearly contrary to the gospel, uh, you know, to hoard wealth. And, um, you know, there's all these uh, people in need and... um, this is fundamentally a justice issue, not a matter of charity. And so I read that. That blew my mind. That sent me down this whole road. Mennonites and, had uh, some good shit, man. They did. Was, I did. There were some good ones. Eventually. Yeah. That sounds like sucky stuff that you'd like, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they need? Okay. They need two things. They need Jesus and an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. <laughs> 
in some fucking handouts to pull themselves aren't going to save them. The free market will save them. <laughs> Trickle down economics. <laughs> yeah, so that sent me down this whole other path that I ended up going to uh, divinity school and after college and kind of getting into that whole social justice intentional community. Yeah. Uh, Shane you know, Claiborne, did he come up? I, I know Shane Claiborne personally. I was a part of his buddy, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, started Rupa House in Durham. I was a part of that. Oh, wow. And I was in that Sojourners out in San Francisco. I lived with them yeah, for a while. Yeah, they were the Sojourners. They was uh, yeah. uh, finding their website and some of like their... And there was like the emails and the blogging. It was like, I got, yeah. I, I tracked with that for a while. Yeah. So I we, got into all of that and that, yeah. We that had was Shane on the at, uh, uh, it was like a year and a half ago. I talked him into yeah. buying a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And now what is he? He gardens with it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just, that's his thing. Take, now it's just a sex toy. They take all right. They take weapons. He has that whole thing where they take guns and they um, literally beat them into plowshares. So. Yeah, yeah. That Wild hurts Casey's feelings a little bit. Yeah, right. sorry, man. <laughs> Not that one. He keeps that one under his pillow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. No, I think Shane. So. He was like that. Was like the instrumental player for me in college. Uh, yeah, it's like oh, this is some shit that makes sense. Um, right, and same politically too. It's like. I feel like as a Christian, I should maybe not not denigrate people who have made even if if you want to bo- even at that point in my life where I would have boiled poverty down to some bad choices, right? I been like, right. well, is the gospel about dealing with your bad choices, or is it about people not getting what they deserve? Which is yeah. what I was told it was. So, like, that's what yeah. got my everything kind of spinning for me was like the way that he presented. Uh, some of these concepts uh, and so politically yeah. there's a big shift for me it was like I was more I, I, I was very much an evangelical still in college but I had started shifting towards like the same social justice like well maybe maybe if I can just hop off the abortion train I could th- there's a lot that makes sense over on this side yeah, of things. that was the big one that was the big one for me too yeah that was the issue that was the sticking point it, and that's a tough one. I mean, that, that, that's a tough one to get off of. I mean, cause even, uh, it, that one appeals to humanity too. I feel like when people act like, uh, that those people are just like idiots and it doesn't make sense, uh, yeah. are being quite disingenuous because yeah. it really does. Especially if you ask anyone who has like been wanting to be a parent, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they get pregnant for the first time, like, like you think of a miscarriage and how traumatic that can be for couples and sure like sure i feel like it is very disingenuous to just be like it's a fetus it doesn't matter like right it 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 matters as much as it matters to the person who wants or doesn't want a child that's right that's a lot involved and yeah yeah yeah. to just like try to like appeal to uh, as a weird uh almost a sociopathic version of practicality where you're like it, that's not it's not that simple and it it no it does make sense that people would have feelings around this uh and yeah, you need yeah. to honor that if you're going to have a real conversation and, and fix and fix whatever it is that we have going on as a, sure a, there's factions on both sides that desperately want it to be very simple mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Yeah. it's just it's just easier 
yeah. the process. And then you can like easily say, these are the good people and these are the bad people. And, you know, and then the it's- Sheep and the goats, baby. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Deep so. felt convictions. Ted Cruz has deep felt convictions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll never believe that. I'll never, <laughs> I don't think he has. He he doesn't even have convictions about like that a man should stand up for his wife's honor. Like no. he's just he's a he can, coward. Through and remember through. When, when, didn't Trump say like his wife was ugly or something? Yeah, and, oh yeah, and it's just unbelievable like, to come back and simp for the guy after uh, that. Incredible. Like, Ted's incredible. wife's a dog. Yeah, she's. <laughs> She's hideous. Yeah. You pig. Did you, did you see his um did you see his uh his recent like cringe clip of him like <laughs> sipping that beer? Like Oh my god. <laughs> like it was the first beer he'd ever drank in his life. He's got I the lineup of like <laughs> of like day laborer actors behind him wearing yeah. cowboy hats <laughs> pretending to be corn farmers. Yeah. They were all uh, like, they were all looking cool. for work at 6 a.m. outside of the local Home Depot. And that's where he, <laughs> he's like, come with me, boys. <laughs> Dude, him, him just like, like, I'll tell you what, this beer right here isn't, you know, I can guarantee you that this has got alcohol in it. And then, <laughs> Fuck, that sucks! <laughs> Holy shit, he sucks so bad! It's like, he, you, he spins the bottle and it's just an O'Doul's bottle. You're like, oh, okay. I see. Greg Abbott just filled it with urine. <laughs> it's literally just like wheat and water mashed together. <laughs> he likes the chunks. <laughs> he does. He just, he's such a gross individual. Like everything yeah. about that guy is so, he tries so hard to like be appealing and connect right. with people, right. but he just can't do it. And, and like, nobody likes him. Not even conservatives like him. As even if he nobody didn't does. speak, yeah. he is an ugly man. Like he's just <laughs> like, his skin looks like viscous. It looks like it would, like it would leave a film on your fingers if you like touched his face. Like he's just <laughs> gross. <laughs> He is. He'll run for president again. Maybe not this time around, but 2028, he'll be in the race again. As the only true conservative. Right? Shut up, Ted. God. Uh, All right. Uh, So, yeah, you said uh, social justice. You get kind of caught up in that. You're still in college. You're married. Yeah, then then we come out to uh, we move to North Carolina so I can go to divinity school. That's when we get a part of the the community yeah. kind of stuff. And um, yeah, then uh, graduate divinity school. And by that time, it, let's see, in divinity school we had our third kid. Wow, that some good Christian shit, man. You did it Hell right. Yeah, graduate third kid. How Texas. old are you? How old are you? But at that point, you're graduating divinity school with three kids uh 29 okay i think yep and then we had we we had one more when i was 30 um and uh yeah and then that was um uh i was doing kind of social justice work i worked for a couple of nonprofits um in san antonio post post graduation from divinity school um and, but and started that was another time where I, I think um 
yeah, I think my life got really complicated. My marriage got really complicated, ended up getting divorced. And that was like a huge, like, um, you know, spiritual, uh, shake up as God, well. Upheaval. For me. Yeah. That's upheaval, a big time. For sure. Cause it was like, ah, you don't do that. <laughs> that's yeah. not, I, you know, you're not supposed to be that person. So, so then I was rethinking a lot of things and I stopped, that's when I really stopped going to church was after the divorce. And I, I have not been back since it's been, uh, geez, seven, eight years, um, since I've been back. And I, that's when I started stand up. Shortly after the wow. divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Do, um, uh, before I get it, I, I, I want to ask what triggered you getting into stand up, but uh, duh, if you don't feel like answering this, that's fine or getting into it. That's okay. But uh, your kids and um, your ex, it's like, were they, were they still being raised Christian? Was Christianity still a big part of her life? Is there any, was there any complication no. with kids and, and Christianity and what you wanted to teach them or yeah, it seems so like was... they might've been a little, a little bit older that some of them might've been older at the time. Yeah, that was, int- it was interesting. Cause, um, uh... Second year of divinity school, my wife quit the church okay, and, and kind of turned against Christianity. Like, Oh, wow. Is that where like some a, marriage complications like a, came from? Not really. Oh, wow. I don't really think it was that, but it was like, it wasn't like a neutral, like, I'm just not going to go anymore. It was more of like, no, this is like, she became really critical of it, which honestly, I mean, we had conversations at the time and I was like, you know, I think what she was going through was a healthy part of her spiritual growth and development because, you know, I think she had some pretty uh, negative understandings of God that were really giving her a lot of guilt and shame. And it was a it was just this burden for her that mm-hmm. she finally got rid of and felt free of. And I was, you know, knew enough at the time to be like, I think this is actually good, you know, um, ultimately. And so, uh, with the kids, we were both, we were really open, uh, that like mom's not a believer, dad is, and, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it is. And we're both going to live authentically as we are. And, um, and so they grew up like, you know, kind of seeing two different perspectives on things. I continued to go to church every Sunday. I was preaching regularly and yeah, I was in divinity school. So like, I mean, I was doing the divinity school stuff and their mom was not a part of it. And so, um, you know, it was pretty, it was made for, I remember one time, um, my, one of my sons, he was like, uh, maybe three or four years old. I remember he came into the living room and he was like, he was like, mom, does, does God, does Jesus live in my heart? And, uh, my, uh, my ex at the time goes, no, honey, Jesus is dead. (laughs) And I was sitting in the other room and I was like, I was like, I was like, but buddy, hear the good news. He is risen. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like, that was what they lived in. Was that kind of like tension, I think. Wow. Um, So (laughs) it was, it was interesting times. So. (laughs) Um, but no, I don't ultimately think that had too much to do with, with the divorce. Um, Yeah. We got married extremely young 
and had kids extremely young before we really knew anything about ourselves or really each other. We also right. got married very fast um, and started having kids really fast. And, you know, it was just things piled up and life happens. And sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the divorce and then, um, what made you be like comedy? Let's try this. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I had this free time that I'd never had before when the boys would be at their mom's. Cause we did like a 50, 50 kind of week on week off kind of thing. Okay. And I had this free time. I used to preach and somewhat regularly. I was never like a full-time pastor or preacher, but I preached regularly at my home church. You were the guy um, that didn't and... get paid while the other guy who did usually preach still <laughs> got paid, but didn't have to do it when you pinch it for him. I, I love that. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I went to a Mennonite, a Mennonite church that didn't pay anybody to preach. It was like a, ro- a rotating like- I like that cast of people from the congregation. So I would preach like every couple of months. Um, so there's anyway, like that one guy though, every time it was like his week, they're just like, God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be <laughs> sick that Sunday. <laughs> Always weird. He's so fucking weird. <laughs> we all he's going to bring up the birth certificate again. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to really emphasize Barack's middle name. Hussein <laughs> Obama. <laid> out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great um it was actually a cool mennonite church so uh they were they were down with the obama yeah um, nice uh of course none of them I, I think you can't you're not supposed to vote if you're mennonite yeah so it didn't i matter. think that's true also <laughs> it you didn't matter. To, you're a conscientious but, conscientious objector as well yes. which is dope because the draft can't do shit to you <laughs> come at me baby be a yeah, man i never get a jet ski yeah. <laughs> that was actually actually the first time i ever did stand up was at that church uh shout out san antonio mennonite church still exists it's a great place um they used to do humor sunday the sunday after easter and uh and it was people would just do like they'd write silly songs or do skits um, and I did a five minute set just roasting Mennonites and it, and it crushed. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, that was fun. Like I like, like that. And I think that was, you know, planted the seeds. Of yeah. Like Stand up. I didn't start doing it until like a couple of years later, but, uh, that, that was the first time I got that feeling of doing that. Um, was in well, a Mennonite church of all places. That's so. I heard on one of the podcasts I was listening to that uh, you were an understudy of comedy giant Mark Lowry. <laughs> I I knew who he was. I mean, you know, the first stand-up comic that I ever saw was a guy named Mike Warnke. Yeah. Who, yeah, you, you panic, yeah. Panic guy. Yeah. He came through our church. And yeah, he had this whole backstory about how he was a satanic high priest because this was during the satanic panic time and he had been a satanic high priest and then converted and now he did stand up. And then, of course, it all came out that it was bullshit. He had made the entire thing <laughs> yeah. up. And, uh, Shocking. But, I mean, he was funny, I thought. He, I he's was also like eight years old, so. 
Dude, That's people, if you don't know what Mike Warnke looks like, you need to Google him because he looks like a less bangable Kenny Powers. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is a hideous man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. I would love to talk to that guy. It's like, seriously, if, get um, him on the podcast. Oh, oh my that'd God. Be the that'd greatest. be incredible. Last podcast on the left did like a multi part series on Mike Warnke, and it was great oh i'll check that out uh, it would yeah. be like i feel like mike warkey is like a mix between like if uh is it uh if kenny powers fucked is it teller from penn and teller who's the big guy <laughs> i think it's teller but either penn or teller whichever one is the one you're thinking of when i say if kenny powers fucked that person <laughs> he's he's sort of like uh christian david ike with jokes <laughs> i would i don't even know if he's still alive i i i really am wondering what happened to him oh man. i will have to do this, this on that episode guy. has resulted in a yeah. lot of google search a lot, a lot of, of googling of this research episode. <laughs> research oh, did, you wanna, episode. did you guys want to hear the uh the scandal surrounding hank hanagraph yes oh was it tax tax fraud or something? Well, there might have been multiple, but the one that okay. popped up first when I Googled yeah. it earlier was uh, it was this recent photo of Hank Hanegraaff and family members getting chrismated or confirmed at Charlotte's St. Nectarius Greek Orthodox Church that caused some evangelical radio stations to drop his Bible Answer Man show. Oh. So basically, there's a picture of him like and his wife or somebody being anointed with oil at this Orthodox church. And his viewers were like, ah, looks like Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. He's That's Greek Orthodox. That was the big scandal. Incredible. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's no Jimmy swagger, but <laughs> I'm happy for him. Greek Orthodox. That's fine. I mean, whatever land there. I'm just glad. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm glad that that, that's the scandal. We've had too many other ones that just go too dark. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not the only scandal, but <laughs> there, there must be more. <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So you, uh, yeah. all right, stand up. You end up trying, uh, when, when, when's you, when do you first go for like, uh, you sign up for an open mic? You're like, yeah, yeah it was like six months shot. after my divorce. I wanted something to do creative. I liked, I, I got really into listening to stand up. Like, okay. During my divorce. And, um, and then I, I, I think, think that's I literally... the trajectory, man. I feel like that happens for like, you get it. You, cause at first you hear things and you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to think that's funny, but it's hilarious. And like, yeah, it just wears you down after a while. And you just like it. Obviously everyone loves to laugh and it gets to a point where you get, you're just like, this is no, this is good. And it's changed me a little bit. Like just being willing yeah. to laugh at anything at any point about anything. It, it, it's, I yeah. think it's refreshing, especially when you grow up as serious as we did or to just be sure. able to say, fuck it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It was very cathartic. Yeah. To, to listen to it and then, then to do it. So I literally Googled, uh, stand up comedy, um, Chapel Hill, North Carolina and an open mic came up and I went and visited, watched it. And I was like, I think I could do as good as some of these guys. Right. <laughs> so then I went, I tried it the next week 
and um, and uh, you know, I I didn't do terrible, and uh, until the second time, and then I ate shit. But <laughs> but that first time was like, oh oh, that was okay. I want to try. I want to keep doing this. So uh, came back. Yeah, ate shit the second time, but was like hooked. Like yeah. even though it hurt, I was like, oh, I want to figure this out. Like, yeah, there's a, you have the feeling of, I know this is funny and I just need to be able to say it the right way. Yeah. It's just like this, this, it's this puzzle that you just like, gotta like figure it out. You gotta make it work. Like I know there's something here. And, uh, so it just kind of started to like become kind of a mini obsession. Um, and I also just started meeting people. That's how, you know, it's hard to make friends, new friends is like a middle-aged divorced guy. Yeah. We're, well, and just a minute, to make, I mean, we're having trouble in the middle aged guy oh, in general. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I would just made a lot of friends through comedy, you know, because and I found this whole like subculture that I didn't know existed. And because I had no idea how you became a stand up comic. I, I thought they just kind of found you, I guess, saw your talent and were like, hey, you should come do stand up on HBO or whatever. <laughs> but there's this whole underground thing, you know, and so that became my you know, uh, maybe kind of my substitute church. And uh, yeah, so just haven't really looked back. How long ago did your special come out? Uh, August of last year. Okay. So about a year. Man, it is so funny. Oh, thanks, man. Dude, it, yeah, it's great. You actually watched it. Yeah. And it, uh, it's like... Uh, it's definitely it would it'll resonate with with our audience. Oh, sure. heavily! As soon as I watch it, I'm like, oh, this this should this should be a fun conversation because there's oh, just cool. so many like tie-ins and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh wow! Well, thanks for watching it, and yeah, hopefully you know your listeners will will check it out. That was a, that was a lot of fun. It is, you know, it's a completely clean special. I'm not a squeaky clean comedian. Uh, when I do like my full kind of set, there's, I get into dicier territory. I do talk a lot about God and, and stuff, but it was just too dark for what dry bar comedy wanted. So, uh, but yeah, it's a great intro to like my stuff about homeschooling and yeah, kids Dude, and I, stuff. Yeah. I think what's cool. So with, when it comes to like clean comedy, it's funny. Cause like, that's something that people feel like they specify, like you, you would specify, right? Oh, that's a clean comic. That's not like, and it can, I don't know. People can take that one way or the other, but then I feel like there's with like, maybe even more so recently. Um, I guess even it wouldn't even technically be recent. If you're thinking is like with comics like Jim Gaffigan or like, but Nate Bargatze has been blowing yeah. up like there. It's just, I feel like people have been like, I remember seeing Nate Bargatze's special for the first time and I watched it and then it wasn't until the next day that, cause I just get, I throw comedy on all the time and I laugh and I enjoy it. And then that's it. It's like, and I remember thinking the next day, I'm like, oh, I think he, he might've been a clean comic. And it, it right, took me by surprise right. because when, yeah. when you when you're just good at telling jokes, like you just roll with it. You just, yep. you're invested And same with Jim. The first time I saw Jim Gaffigan, it wasn't because I was a Christian and I was at the, at the time, like a pretty evangelical conservative Christian. I just saw a trailer for him on 
Comedy Central, and I I I set my VHS to record his special so I could <laughs> I could watch it again, and that was my intro to him. And I was like, yeah, it it was it just I I fell in love with it, and um, but I feel like even watching uh like your stand up your your special, it's like. I, I felt the same way. Like you, you mentioned, you oh, just yeah. mentioned it being a clean, clean special. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with dry bar. I wasn't expecting it to be clean or not. I just watched it and thought it was hilarious. And it didn't even cross my mind oh, until you. this conversation that it was like clean. So I think that's a funny thing that comics will maybe specify sometimes or that people will make specifications about when they talk about comedy where it's like, yeah. uh, it's almost a badge of honor, though, to be like, yeah, that was actually a clean special and you still thought it was fucking hilarious. That's great because. Uh, yeah, man, that's they, hard. That's hard to do. Yeah. So, I, did you yeah. watch uh, Crashing uh, Pete Holmes' show? I feel like yeah. that that's one of the concepts that come up there, right? Where it's just like yeah. Christian comedy, non-Christian comedy. It's like they, they grapple with all that a bit there. And I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was fantastic. And it didn't. It's oh, like, thank you listening to it you're i didn't cross my mind once to consider whether it was clean or unclean it was just a fantastic special oh great well that's what i'm going for so that's really great to hear thank you yeah yeah dry bar is a it's a mormon comedy company oh oh no way okay that was filmed in provo utah <laughs> oh yeah you make a Next comment to about byu uh, you definitely you made a comment about you. utah uh, about oh a i do i, I open about it yeah, yeah, Salt Lake City, yeah. Um, the Utah Jazz. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they wanted it, like, Mormon clean, like, squeaky clean, you know. Hell, yeah. Uh, that's kind of their thing. That's kind of their angle. So, um, yeah, so that's, I was a little How'd you nervous. get connected with that, dude? How'd you even, how'd that, how'd that connection come up? That seems well, they a little... Well, uh... they blew up during the pandemic, and their, I mean, Drybar, like, their specials on YouTube and were getting like millions of views and they were blown. They were all over Facebook. And, uh, I knew that I have clean material and I could be clean. So I just reached out to them actually. And I was like, Hey, I think I'd be a good fit for what you're doing. So here's a tape, check it out. And then they were like, yeah, come on out. Let's do it. That's um, awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah did I you have to run like the whole the thing by them first? Tons of views. No, I did not. I did run a few jokes. And in fact, the joke that the special is named after, uh, Purity Pants. Purity Pants, yeah. That's the one joke I ran by the booker and he said not to do it. Well, he didn't say not to do it. What he said was, I'm not going to tell you not to do any joke, but uh, that's a joke because it touches on sexuality that I don't know that our audience will be on board with, could affect your views might make it less than a, a great show for you if you do a bit like that. And uh, I just decided to do it anyway. And it ended up hitting Yeah. Uh, on the show. I ended up naming my special out it, uh, you know, after it, um, you know, a little bit as like a middle finger to, you know, the whole concept of like <laughs> clean comedy. Uh, but it's a totally clean joke. I mean, it's crazy that it was even flagged, but that's the level of, you know, they're like, there's clean and then there's Provo clean. Yeah. And we need you to be Mormon Provo clean. clean. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But and all Mormons lucky. wear purity pants. Yeah. It's a Mormon thing. So anyway, yeah. Thanks for watching. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah man. Well, where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, my website, jeremyalder.com. 
I'm on all the socials, uh, Instagram at Jeremy.alder. Um, yeah, but everything's on the website, so you can go there and find links to everything. Great. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for doing this, man. This is a really yeah, fun man. conversation. Yeah. Thank you guys. It really was. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.